Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Here we are for another edition of the new media show. Welcome to the show, Rob. How you been? I'm doing terrific, Todd. Yeah. Everything's everything's great. Summer's here and it's warm out. It doesn't get too much better than that. That's right. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take the show on the road starting next week. Of course, you might, you said you might be out next week, right? Yeah. I'm going to be out in, in Los Angeles doing, uh, doing a panel session or two at the outlier podcasting conference in Los Angeles. So, all right. uh, 18th and 19th. So I'll be out of the pocket on the 17th. I'll be flying. All right. So then we'll just skip next week and we'll be back the following and, uh, I will be remote. So we'll probably do it via Streamyard on that event. So a few weeks, uh, on the road for me. So, uh, Oh, you mean after the, the 17th? So the 24th? Yeah. All the way through about the ninth. Uh, so the next two, three, four shows will not be produced here in the studio. I'll have my trusty roadcaster. I'll have my laptop, another laptop and, uh, be far and wide. So (laughs) it is what it is. So is it possible for us to bring a, a guest in on uh, the 24th? Probably on StreamYard. I wouldn't see why not. Okay. So that'd be uh, great. I've got the, the head of, um, of content, uh, for the podcast show is okay. going to, is going to join us on the 24th, which is the first day of the, the event. All right. In London. So. Oh, nice. So they'll be joining us uh, late in the day there then, huh? It'll be like eight o'clock there, their time. So the, the first day will have been over. Right. So. Oh, awesome. Well, it should be interesting to get the, uh, to get the details. Yeah. So Rob. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's directed at us, but it might have been. It sounded like it was. Um, I guess you and I are gatekeepers. We are gatekeepers for not believing in open RSS and that podcasts are better if it's defined more broadly. Well, I think, you know, there's a little bit of subtleties here, right? Um, there was that comment made on, on Twitter the last couple of days, um, that somehow if you're not open to a variety of definitions on what a podcast is, is somehow you're, you're a gatekeeper. So I thought it was a little bit of a revolutionary thought that, um, in, anybody that felt podcasting, um, by definition, um, was distribution of content by RSS feed was somehow, um, being a gatekeeper. So I'm not quite sure that I entirely agree with that sentiment. Um, though I think i you and I are both a hundred percent in favor of taking podcast content, making it available everywhere. So let's not confuse the right. issue um, of us being, or folks that are maybe a little bit seen more as purists in the podcasting space. That mm-hmm. a podcast is content that's distributed by RSS feed um, as, as being any kind of a limitation um, of any sort around how this content can be distributed. 
and the perception, honestly, of uh, listeners and viewers of this content. Uh, you know, you look at what YouTube is doing. Yeah, or what uh, they're, they're not doing. <laughs> they're labeling, which hopefully we'll be able to talk to a little bit, that they're labeling anything really that's on YouTube, that if the content creator wants to label as a podcast, they can label it as a podcast. It really, there is no content definition on what a podcast is on YouTube. It's, no. If it's a video, they say it's cool to call it a podcast. I, so, I, and right. I think what it really boils down to in the end is we care that podcasters know what, what a podcast is and what a podcast isn't. And right. for someone to suggest that a podcast can be to a podcaster something that exists outside of RSS on a gated community platform right. needs, we have to question, is this coming a company directive? Is the owner of the company saying, we want to make sure that we are starting to embrace true gatekeeping systems and try to de-emphasize RSS? You know, I get super suspicious when anyone says that someone that's technically that knows what a podcast is starts trying to change, trying to say that RSS is somehow open RSS is somehow a gatekeeper. That is, that is insane in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not really sure that's what the intent of the comment was. I think it was more that we should be open to alternatives types of distribution for podcast content. As long as that content, and, as long right. as that content originates and is available via an RSS feed, I'm cool. I don't call. I think like granted, he's got a big show that big behemoth over on Spotify. But he is no longer technically a podcast. He is on a he is on a a platform that is ultimate gatekeeper. Now by contract and by and he has been been paid mi big money to be over there. Mm -hmm. So by choice, he has chose to lock his content behind a gate. It requires a sole app to be able to get to it. That is not a podcast anymore. That is a show on Spotify in a technical sense. Listeners right. don't care, right? Listeners, the listeners don't give two hoots. What's it? It's, I think it's the same thing that happened to Howard Stern when he decided to leave uh, terrestrial radio and move over to Sirius. Um, uh, radio sure, right. satellite radio um i'm i'm not sure when he made that shift that he was he really should have been called a radio broadcaster because it wasn't on the the traditional radio airwaves well they call it the howard stern show show right and, and that's part of that's part of what i think he would um the, the person that said this was meaning was was as we think about podcast content, we need to be open to other types of ways that it can be distributed, uh, audiences can be engaged with. 
but you and I have been, I've tried to be very clear on this. And I think that others need to, you know, maybe be reassured on the clarity on this is that we agree that the content can be made available in a variety of different platforms. And that's what the content creator needs to understand is that if it's a podcast, it needs to have RSS feed. If you want to make content that's only available on YouTube or only available in TikTok, it really is not a podcast. And you really are making a mistake by calling it that. Um, though, though I think that there's this confusion that happens that if a show is made with the intent of making it a podcast, but it's also available on YouTube and TikTok or on Twitter, just like what we're doing with this show, sure. that, that the content that we're making available on Twitter live is somehow a, a podcast. It actually isn't. It's, it's, it's a streaming show on a streaming viewing right. platform. Right. Right. It is. Yep. So, right. So does this mean that, you know, Tucker Carlson decided that he was going to do his new show on Twitter that Tucker should call that show on Twitter a podcast? Well, he's not. I, you know, I, that's the question that's raised here is that why are we having to necessarily blend these concepts together into a mishmash that means nothing? I think part of it is, is we need to go back and understand in the context of podcasting, what a gatekeeper is. So let's just forget it's 2023. Right. Let's, let's go back in the time machine in 2004 when we couldn't do any of this that we're doing right now around this time. If let's say this is uh, May of 2024. There would have been no way I could have got on iTunes. No way I could have got on Microsoft. No way I could have gotten on any platform that was out there that was any type of a media platform at the time without signing my life away, contract rights, 82 pages of BS. It would not have happened. Would have been vetted. You would have been like, who are you? If you're not a celebrity, not going to happen. October 2004, around that time when things started to really kick off. What did you need? An RSS feed hosted somewhere, mostly, most at that time on your own website. And all of a sudden, you could be anywhere, anywhere consumed by anyone at any time. There was new syndication model, July of 2005. All of a sudden, we're now available on Apple iTunes. Progress, progress, progress forward. Here we are today, all major platforms that ingest podcast today, do it from an RSS feed, right. except for YouTube. And that's video today. Right. Right now, it's video. Which is not a the most common type of content that's distributed as a podcast. So the situation is such that if we have a the most open last bastion of free speech medium that's in existence, 
So if you're on YouTube as a pure YouTuber, you can be deplatformed and taken off and you can't say nothing. If you're on Rumble and you're creating content, you can be removed and you can't do nothing about it. If you're on Instagram, you can be removed and there's nothing you can do about it. If you're on Twitter, you can be removed and there's nothing you can do about it. You can be on every platform there is in existence that is owned by a third party and you can be removed. Now, let's take some additional steps here. If you are on Apple Podcast and you are removed, guess what? So what? You still are online. You still are available. You still can be syndicated. You still can be consumed. Why? Because you got an RSS feed that's your, is your radio transmitter tower. There, this is the epitome of open from a technical standpoint and a real standpoint. Go ahead and put your stuff on YouTube and say something outlandish and see how fast you get removed from YouTube. So let's, let's be very careful on what we classify as a gatekeeper, a gatekeeper of content, not a gun, not a gate. We're talking about oh, two different things here. Now that's technical, but if you want to consume this podcast on YouTube, please do. You want to consume this content on Twitch? Please do. You want to consume this content on Twitter? Please do. We don't care. But if I piss Elon Musk off and get kicked off Twitter, guess what? We live another day. Right. Yeah, I think that I agree with you, Todd. I think playing up the strengths of this medium, though I will say that there are some movements afoot in the industry um, that I've seen over the last couple of days that give me a little bit of pause around some interest in content moderation in the podcasting space increasingly. Um, you know, these brand safety platforms and stuff are pushing the envelope on this. It's not just around advertising. Right. Um, oh, I know. I think that there is some, uh, interest that we may see on the part of some of the bigger platforms the bigger listening platforms to adopt some of these technologies. And I do think that that may come to pass, which will bring content moderation more to podcasting than what we see today. So guess what's going to happen? Your, let's say your content gets moderated because you say the simple word, we're screwed. Mm -hmm. Now, by me saying that in this show, Garm, considers that a swear word. And all of a sudden, this show became brand, uh, not brand safe by the AI bots that are going to be looking at this content and looking for keywords and phrases that it doesn't like. And while that doesn't affect a lot of podcasters today because that's usually associated to advertising, but when they, like you said, Rob, when they start using this tech on platforms, so, oh, oh, let's let's remove that episode because we might offend somebody. Well, then podcasters are going to start realizing 
what this word, word gatekeeper really means. And maybe, maybe they should start considering telling their podcast listeners to get off these platforms and get on an app that isn't going to moderate them or censor them. Right. Well, we haven't had to do that uh, with podcasting per se. Um, This concept has been with us for a long time on places like Twitter and, and um, Facebook and YouTube, these major social media platforms. Now, increasingly Twitter is backing off on that content uh, uh, filtering moderation stuff, but YouTube and Facebook are still hot and heavy. Right. So podcasting has been to date um, the only other major media medium that does not have active content moderation technology running on. So let me just leave it to this. So we need to me, they can do whatever they want to do. If these platforms, whatever their letters are, whatever their big platforms are, the the 800 pounds gorillas, if they want to put their thumb on podcasters' content and moderate and censor what they feel is not brand safe for their platform, more power to them. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Because then those that call us thinking that we're we're creating a monopoly because we have open RSS, which is insane, might sit back and go, huh, now we know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? If they're going to do that, then podcasters are going to start telling their audiences if they are smart. Don't listen on, don't, don't use that app. Don't use that platform. They're moderating and censoring me because I said a word or two or had a topic that they were uncomfortable with that set off their little alarm. You know, I, I've seen some tech, and I'm not going to name the company, but I said, why did this, because I was running my episodes through it just to look at the, at the test, why is my content being flagged as dangerous? And I said the word screwed. That was what it, because I said, I don't swear in my show. Last time I checked, is screwed a swear word? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so I guess in their bubble of information, we're screwed, you're screwed. I didn't say getting screwed. I said, you know, context is important, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it flagged that content as harmful? People have lost, lost lost their mind yeah that's that's the dangers of the world that we're we're coming into and i think increasingly we all need to be aware of what we're what we're giving up here Um, we're not giving up nothing well no but the potential is there well if these technologies get fully deployed um I am surprised if we have the same experience as what we have currently on um on YouTube. I have th- 
three to podcasting at least two to three emails a week from companies reaching out to me. Hey, we'd like to be your moderator of all your content on your platform. And I'm like, I don't need, I have no, no go away. I have no need for your service. Well, increasingly the desire to have advertising is what is the kind of Trojan horse for this. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Then at some point, you're going to end up with 10 shows that say nothing controversial that will have advertising in it. So great. The value for value model works. If I can't say, if you can't say within reason what you want to no, if you can't say what you want to say in your show, if you're constraining yourself because you're afraid you're going to offend your advertisers, that sucks. Well, this is all already happening with content creators on, on YouTube. Well, we right know now. that. Right. So people are doing half their show. I've said this on the show before people are doing half their show on YouTube and the other half on rumble. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy that they have to do that, but that's but it's, the world we live in. Well, I, I think the average podcaster, the 97%, and I came to a little bit of a realization the other day. I was uh, doing some things and reviewing some content of some brand new podcasters. I was going out listening to some brand new, I mean, brand new shows, episode one. Mm-hmm. And they have, it's, I'm very enli- enlightened and very happy. We just got a boost and it didn't come across in the 10th, Thousand sats from Adam Curry. Thank you very much. Advertising eco censorship. Exactly. So I was listening to these brand new shows. And um, what I have come to realize is the podcasting spirit is alive and well. Yeah. People are creating great creative content. They're creating content without worrying about what Todd and Rob and Others in the Twitter ecosphere and what the what the podcast gurus and gods are saying, they they could give two beeps. They are they're creating content for them, for the audience that they want to reach, and full steam ahead. So and that's what we want. That's right. right. Totally. That's what we want. And people are getting down the weeds with all what it is is companies have something to sell. We have created a technology. That will look at the audio of a podcast. We are going to make your life better and make your brand safer. If you spend $10,000 a month with us so that we can analyze your audio and tell you what is unsafe for content that you've already been monetizing for years. Right. If someone has got something to sell and they've sold a bill of goods, it's there's, oh, Adam, you're going to love this. You got the military. Well, he already, he's already termed this. You got the military industrial complex. And you got the podcasting industrial complex and the podcasting industrial complex is made up of all these companies that are trying to make our life better and make us safe, make our listeners safer. When, why, why can't the listeners just have a choice? Well, that's uh, what both of us are in favor is right. the listener can do whatever the heck they want to do. They can call this whatever they want to call it. They no, want to call it, a YouTube no, no, video, no, no, a podcast. No, no, no. No, hang on, Rob. Back up, back up. Why doesn't the listeners get a chance of what they want to listen to? If they want to listen to somebody that swears, oh, cusses, yeah. and has a, has a, a sailor yeah, language 
and has cons- has has conspiracy access. theories. Right. Why not? Right. No, I agree with that. Why yeah. not? Yeah. If you don't like it, just don't listen to it. It's like you want me to put all these extra. You want me to pay you to censor my customers. You're sm- can you think about that sell coming to me to me you want to sell me a service that i'm going to look at my content and i'm like oh that's that's scary let's well, remove that the thinking behind it is that those shows that are considered brand safe are going to get more money well right? i'm i'm i'll be out of business i know i, mean, I will be out of business if i told my customers oh yeah we're scanning your content and any little cuss word you have, we're, we're going to be putting a flag on your content. Do, right. There would be a mass exodus okay. from my company. People would leave in droves. And that's actually a good, good result. Actually, if you think about it from a big picture standpoint, right? That's kind of, we kind of want podcasters to have those kind of values. Or Wait, Hold on, Rob here. What are you saying? I'm saying is that, we want podcasters that value free speech. Yes, 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 and, yes. And if a platform adopts this technology, they turn and leave and go to somewhere else, whether it's an alternative economy or an alternative platform that isn't adopting this technology. It's, it, I can't wait. Some of my competitors says we've adopted some censorship tool. Cannot wait. Please, 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 ab- shift please, aver- please advertise that for me. Right. You know, we've adopted stuff to check for brand safety. Uh, please, please tell me that. But I'll tweet but that. Todd, but Todd, <laughs> we have been, you know, and I do feel this tension between those in the industry that are all in on advertising. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they, they're all in on every little aspect of advertising and that's what this whole industry as far as they're concerned that's what the industry is all about that's all there is because guess what right that's that's how they're paying their bills right it's all about money right Right. it's all about right it's all about revenue and 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 bringing in and and this medium was is to some degree by by some is demonized because this medium was started with an anti-commercialism perspective they don't know and, that though. Most don't and know that. We've we have moved a long ways down that path of of accepting commercialism and podcasting. And I, I think you and I, Todd, are open to that as long as it's not done in a way that's punitive towards the podcast. Every podcaster has a choice of what they want to do with their show. If they want to monetize it with advertising and be subjected to their content being analyzed. And have feedback loops to say, you can't say this because you're upsetting the advertiser. That's the choice they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm okay with advertising. I don't, 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 I don't get the wrong impression. I got I'm, an advertiser I'm for my okay show with too. advertising, but let's not weaponize it against creators. And that's kind of maybe the direction that we're going. I had a unique, very unique relationship with, I still have a very unique relationship with GoDaddy. And they have never, ever come back to me ever in the entire time of the relationship said, Hey, maybe you shouldn't have said that. There was times I was critical on some things they did, but I did it in a 
politically constructive way, <laughs> of which I had already provided them feedback about my displeasure, whatever it was. This was in the, some of the early days of some of the things that Parson did. And they never came back and said, you can't say that. Matter of fact, prior to the sponsorship I had with them, I had railed them in two episodes about, this is back in early 2004. I'd railed them on a, a virtual, a virtual private, a, v, a virtual VNC machine. It was a piece of junk. And I told them it was a piece of junk. And ultimately they got rid of that product and I went to a dedicated server and, you know, it, but it was, it was not a great product. And, um, I told him, well, before they, again, before they were sponsored. So when they came to me and said, we don't sponsor you, I said, well, you better go listen to these two episodes where I rail on you guys. And they still decided to sponsor me. And they were open to being, now, I'm not going to go out and bash every episode my sponsor. That would be stupidity, right? But I well, never. Well, that was done in the early days of podcasting. Well, they, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I have never had to censor my, the only time I tell you what I had when I was active duty in the military, mm -hmm. I had to censor myself just yeah. because there was some stuff that was like, Ooh, better not talk about that. So that was a different situation. That was a job situation. That was a, you know, that was my livelihood J O B get a paycheck, not go to jail type of thing. Right. Yeah. So that was a different reason I had to censor, but I've never censored my content because of a sponsor. Now, there are some shows I am sure have to be told, have to be very, very careful in what they say. Well, I do remember a, a time in this country where advertising and content were kept purposely separate separate from each other. Right. Right where the editorial team had no influence from the commercial side. Well, that uh, all changed when pharma started advertising on TV and far and advertising in, uh, major news network television shows and mm -hmm. anything that was revolving around pharma was a non-topic. You couldn't talk bad about ABCDEFG companies that happened during COVID too. They're oh, spending yeah. all that money. You can't say Great anything time. about bad about the pharma because they're spending billions of dollars in advertising. So yeah, it's the, it's, it, it's the moneyed influence. That's, that's right. Happening in media They've today. censored themselves. Hey, you can't talk, right. can't talk about that. Yeah. So really do stories that promote. I think ultimately though, advertisers, what will happen the is thing that's going on. podcasters right. are going to say what they're going to say majority of them, even those with advertising, and they may not have deals renewed because of what right. they have said. And they may never know because some stupid system put three red flags in an episode because they said screwed. There are some shows out there, Todd, and I've heard this, that are being um, looked at with these platforms that the shows may not know that that's going on. Oh, I um, completely believe it. If you're yeah, part of a network, like, you can almost be guaranteed. If, if you're, if you're participating in network deals, you can be guaranteed your content is being looked at. Absolutely. I've seen examples. I've seen 
I've had uh, salesmen show me shows that they are scanning. Right. And that may impact the amount of deal flow that comes into your program. And you may not even know that it's having an impact on it. Well, again, I hope, and fingers crossed here, that podcasters will be able to say what they want to say and that advertisers will start to get a little bit thicker skin. They're so worried. If they're so worried about brand safety or whatever they're calling it these days, then just quit advertising. Brand suitability. Then just quit, just, just quit advertising. Go home. Take your money and go home. Go, well, go. It's going to drive more and more people to paid relationships with audiences. And I think that's, that could be more and more in even, even the value for value platform it could drive more people to utilize those tools again versus advertising just value for value is not a platform value for value is a content creation because a listener relationship right model yeah. Yeah, but, but as far as a listener is concerned they view it as a as a exchange or right. payment method right. of some sort right so and we and we love value for value here <laughs> PayPal, Satoshi's via Boost on one of those cool new modern podcast apps at podcastapps.com. Yeah, I got that in there, but it's start off and my hair was just a little bit on fire because I didn't listen to that Twitter thread until literally five minutes before the show. And I listened to it about five times, let it loop. It's a little bit confusing. I don't care. Again, for the yeah. five beeping billionth time, <laughs> if you want to listen, wherever you want to listen, wherever right. podcasts are consumed, good. Good. So, Todd, so Todd um, on May 5th, there was a there was a post made in pod news. Thanks James. Um, about YouTube. Right. Yeah. And, and that was after we did last week's show. Yeah. So this article came out afterwards. Um, the headline was YouTube numbers not doing so well. Uh-huh. You just look, go through and look, you can see it. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised. You know, right. I think the industry was kind of deceived by the impact of, of YouTube they on deceived. for for many years by the research. They weren't deceived. Well, they didn't I do their own research. They didn't do their own research. Well, they Todd, the surveys came out saying that, you know, that YouTube was like the second most popular place that people are finding podcasts. Mm-hmm. Right? For, that, that it's not for cool. shows that have been made purposely for <laughs> YouTube. Right. so far youtube's a flop boy that's a big wow it's a big statement right i remember talking about looking at the top 200 shows and others throughout youtube and saying where's the beef yeah yeah there are some but that's not to say (laughs) that youtube doesn't have the potential of helping podcasting. Right. Uh, I, I think it does, but I still think we're a little ways off on what YouTube has done to, to grow podcasting. 
I, mean, I, I love it that they spent a whole bunch of money and yeah. got, got sucked in hook, line, and sinker to bring on a bunch of producers to create YouTube-ready content, and it's A-F-L-O-P. And guess what? Out there for the public to see, because you can't hide your stats in YouTube. Well, this this particular article by Ashley Carmen um, with Bloomberg uh, was specifically referring to the shows right. from NPR and Slate. That's right. right. So these are even large media companies. Oh, I know. Content is yeah. flopping on YouTube. I know. Right. So you know, it's it, at yeah, some it's, point. At some point, people will realize. That there's an infinite more, how do I want to say this? There's infinitely more time to listen than there is to watch. Yeah. And this primarily is video is what we're talking about here. I consume my fair share of YouTube, but I can guarantee you not a single one of those things I consume on YouTube is podcast content. Right. Personally. Right. There's a, there's a lot of very popular shows on YouTube. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but, um, 99% of them are not what I would consider to be podcasts. They look like a podcast. They sound like a podcast. They aren't necessarily produced like a podcast because they, they use terms like subscribe and, and hit the like button. You know, they, they have they, terms they, that are usually used um, in a podcast. They, they have studios that make this little thing I have created here look like a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> well, they, they have yeah. big sprawling studios with five, mm-hmm. six people and a big set and multiple cameras, people switching. It is a production. Looks mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. I, I agree. There's example after example of shows that I watch over there and I've seen over there for years that do exactly what you say, Todd. They, they have like maybe two or three cameras that are filming their guests in a, in a studio right. together and th- they have various camera shots that change position. And, yep. you know, that's not what we do here. Uh, I could, I, I, I could, we, I, I can switch, I, I, can, I can switch the view. I can change, you know, right. like. We, right. we can do but that. We can do this. this. Uh, you know, want to do that? We can about. do that. You know, we can do lots of things. We yeah, don't. But but that's not what this show's about. <laughs> no. This show's about really more about audio. Um, so you know, but I'm starting to do a a you know, a show now that's of a, a video on YouTube as well as an audio podcast. So it I'm trying to learn and do these things myself. Um, to see where that nexus is, is there a way to grow a show, right? An audio show in podcasting at the same time you grow a show on YouTube. So, you know, I think that that is a helpful exercise to go through and see if it's possible. I don't know that it's possible to, to be successful in both places with the same content. So the. I don't my my consumption of YouTube is uh, yachters, people that have live van life. They're they're building projects in their home. They live in the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> expats, right. you know, it, it runs. You know, hundred some plus channels. I don't watch maybe 
20 of them on a regular basis, truck drivers, you know, it's, 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 but it's, it's engaging. There's stuff to see every 30 seconds, the video flips and you know, it's, it's, there's something new. They, they work hard at it. Well, and I'm, you know, I think it would be an interesting exercise to, to bring on a show that looks like a podcast, like a, like the host of a show that looks like a podcast on YouTube, but isn't a podcast and have them come on and talk about that process and that experience. Sure. I would love to, to, to do that and ask them why they, they don't put their show out in audio form. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of them could, I'm not sure why they don't. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm not surprised when I saw that article, I'm at fact, I kind of skipped it. Didn't even read it. I said, I already know. I already knew. I'm like, okay, tell me something they didn't know. They sh- they should have hired, they should have hired the 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 Greenlee Cochran Consulting Firm, and paid us a hundred thousand dollars, and we would have told them exactly the results they would have got. Yeah, Slate right. has a great bevy of podcast. Yeah, I don't listen to NPR podcasts, but I'm hearing they have a great slate of podcasts. Yeah. Okay. That they do. So. Yeah. Why? Because because they thought they were going to be able to make a lot of money on YouTube. And and why after all these years do we not really know the answer to that question? Why a show succeeds on on YouTube? Watch a hundred YouTube channels and you like successful YouTube channels. You'll figure it out. The personalities are different. I suppose they're exciting. They're running around. They're doing stupid stuff. They're jumping off buildings. They're, 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 well, some of them are Todd. Some of them are doing kind of like what we're doing. Okay. Well, again, that's maybe where they born and they put all their energy into building an audience. And they usually, usually had some celebrity as a kingpin to the, they had not all of them, but a lot of them had someone that was well-known brought an audience that and they got caught up in the the YouTube algorithm. The logarithm. That, yep. That, that YouTube pr- YouTube shows. promoted them. Right. That's a huge thing. We've been doing better on our YouTube numbers since I started actually putting more effort into the descriptions and the titles. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we've had a gain of one. <laughs> I think I've seen one follow in the last five days. A lot of people listening, but not many people clicking follow. Because <laughs> that's a yeah, term so, we don't use in this show. Right. So <laughs> the company that we were kind of referring to, why, you know, this whole topic of um, brand safety and moderation of podcasting came up is this company that's uh, partnered with a couple or at least one of the brand suitability platforms called NewsGuard. Mm. It's a it's a news reliability data service. Sure. Has announced its entry into podcasting today. It says that the company says it's the world's first journalist vetted podcast credibility rating service. So there was a comment I made. Let me see if I can find the question I had was, uh, where is it? 
makes me wonder if they have humans or AI doing the ratings. That was my, that was my. If they plan on doing it across a large numbers of shows, of course it's going to be an algorithm. So that was not clear. But again, after I read that article, you know, I, this podcast credibility ratings, it sounds to me like, oh, the, it sounds to me like the censorship brigade is here. Todd, okay, here's a, some text from the, the, the press release. It says NewsGuard has already partnered with three of the largest podcast streaming platforms mm, streaming which, which will inform their business partners of the availability of newsguards ratings so three of the largest podcast streaming platforms i didn't even know we had podcast streaming me, me neither they they probably they pro they probably uh term that as because uh, they don't know the difference they don't know what a podcast really is they call it a streaming so so Libsyn, who else? Three of the largest. Libsyn would be one. No, I think it's more uh, a listening platforms. A Libsyn doesn't do streaming. A listening platforms. No, I said streaming platforms. I think these are listening platforms. Okay, so say that again then. What, how, what, how did they quote that? It says NewsGuard has already partnered with three of the largest podcast streaming platforms. Apple, so a podcast Apple, hosting platform is not a streaming but platform. Apple wouldn't do this. I think Spotify and iHeart might. Probably. But they're not well, they're okay, they're not the biggest. Sorry. Well <laughs> of course they are, Todd. Didn't you get the press <laughs> yeah, release? Yeah, yeah, I got the press release. Yeah. Um yeah, so it says here. Uh, target only trustworthy podcasts by filtering based on overall score or risk level. For example, only buying ads on podcasts that score seven or above or receive a lowest risk rating. Mm. And I read, I read their, their uh, criteria on how you get scored and can't, you can't spend, spend, you can't do in misinformation. But again, it says avoid advertising on podcasts that regularly convey false information. Who's the judge? Avoid, who's the right. judge? They're the judge. What's true and false? Right. It <clears> says avoid red flag. Yeah, avoid advertising on heavily biased or politically slanted news shows. And and who's a judgment of that? <clears throat> red flag. Well, I mean, it's obvious. The question here is, um, which way does the platform? view as slanted is yeah it if you've got a whole right? bunch of people that are of uh, you know far right working for the thing they're going to consider anything vice versa right. that's too far so you know there's biases so I, guess, I mean it's going to split the advertisers across shows that are considered to be left-leaning left-leaning or right-leaning so um that's that's how this is going to work well, I tell you, you big, big shows are getting big, big dollars. You better start stand up and fight back a little bit. Well, ha yeah. have, 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 have some gnumption. 
and stand up and say, no, we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to be subject to monitors. Uh, this is interesting. It has a breakdown. It, it, it says to illustrate the process, NewsGuard is making a rating and associated nutritional label available publicly for the following five podcasts. <sighs> okay. So wall street journals, the journal, I, I, I received a green 10 out of 10, hmm. which is a, you know, upside. And right? they're, and they're perfect in all their content. Right. Exactly. It's the wall street journal. Um, and crooked media's pod save America I, I received a green nine out of 10 score. Okay. Hmm. So they're interesting. They're, they're still good. So what, which uh, way does pod save America lean politically? I believe, uh, left left. Right. Okay. So got a green. All right, here we go. Okay. Sirius XM's Megan Kelly show received a green eight out of 10. Okay. So she's score. definitely right. Right. So, you know, I guess green can, it depends on which okay. side of the political right. aisle. They, they had to keep right. the, they had to keep the bias out in their press release. So what's the, what's the ones that went red? Uh, the MSNBC platform, the Read Out uh, podcast, uh, which I received a red five out of ten score. Who's who hosts the Read Out? I I believe it's uh, her name is Reed is her her last name. Okay, I don't remember her her first name, but but it it tends to be a left leaning, okay, extreme left leaning show. All right, then who's who's the other red? Do you have a probably got a re, another right show? Then yeah, I receiver. do. It's, uh, <laughs> a, a louder with Crowder. Okay, is he? Is okay, he? I think you know who he is. Yeah. So, so uh, he received a red five out of ten score. So. Had to have, had to have a had one, had to have one in the left, have had one in the right in one red, in right. and had to have one in the left and one in the right green, and then Wall Street Journal. Oh yeah, they're the, they're, oh my That's god. That's exactly they're, what they did here. They're fawning over all, all six of, or all five of these shows were left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, there, yeah. there was no cherry picking there whatsoever. <laughs> None. Yeah. yeah. So now imagine being those two shows that got a red and being told, Oh, you can't have no advertising no more because you know, they, this independent group thinks you're uh, biased. Well, yes, that's, I do a right leaning probably... show. I am biased. I do a left leaning show. Yes, I am biased. This is my content. Pack sand. Right. Yeah. I mean, if a buyer just <laughs> looks at that and says, you know, that got a red five out of 10. You know, I don't feel safe buying in that. Oh show. my gosh. But do I know why it got that rating? No, no. Nope. You know, maybe, maybe that's part of their bigger, you know, um, data poll that right. they do and output. But right. again, did a bot do this or did a human do this? And if a human did it, so there's, there's issues here. So let's say a human listened to this show and said, oh, that was biased. Oh, that was wrong. Or, you know, and they went through. And then, so you got human bias in there. Then let's say the machine does it. Then you got machine bias in there. Right. Why? This stuff is getting way too ridiculously. At what level? Am I going to be sitting in my chair in a few years? And over here on the right will be a little machine. And I'll say, 
screw that. And out comes a ticket for $25. Or I say, I'm not going to do that. Out comes a machine for $100. Is this where we're going with creating content? Uh. You know, that's a that's an interesting analogy, Todd. Because if you live could, in Europe, that might here, be the case. Right? Yeah, to some degree, that's probably true. Okay, it does kind of run, run through a rating criteria and process. Keep talking real quick. Here. I got to do something real fast, Rob. Go ahead. Okay. I forgot to lock okay. the front door. Oh, okay. Um, there's five journalistic criterias in, in this. Um, does not convey false, unchallenged um data or information that's four points uh conveys news on important topics responsibly it's three points it does not it say is not dominated by one-sided opinion only one point discloses or does not have a political agenda one point Differentiates advertising and commercial partnerships from editorial content, one point. So it is taking into account the blending of advertising and commercial messaging in the editorial content, which is which is interesting connection there. Well, let's uh, throw in a blueberry ad here real quick and uh, and get taken have a point taken away. Um, <laughs> as, as I said. I, I, I've been getting, I'm leaning back here in the chair a little bit. Yeah, but what's, what's, what's considered false or unchallenged information? Right. Who's the judge of that? And is there any bias in that? Right. It's a bill of goods. Does that, does I, that I, lean I, left or does that lean right? I, I'm, I'm in the wrong business. I should have been in the censorship business. Seems like there's lots of money in the censorship business. Because everyone just wants to censor and, you know, they can't say that. You can't say this. And we have to, we have to be, you know, gentle. Yeah. Cause it doesn't seem to penalize a show. I mean, it seems to, to not let's say, is this, um, these are positive points. It says the content only gets one point if it's not dominated by a one-sided opinion. It only gets one point. If it's not dominated by one side. So is a lower score better? I would say a higher score is better. Mm. So, yeah. I think, I think we're. It's one. Those that love. Zero through 10. Those that love the advertising business. Those that want to fill their pockets and extract more dollars out of everything are going to love this system. And being, but at the same time, I keep saying this, I'll say it again. Those of you in the advertising business, as you employ these tools and bend to the will of advertisers that want all this data, you're going to reap what you sow. Be careful what you wish for. I guess it depends on your agenda, right? Mm-hmm. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing it. You I'm know, not doing it. Here's content moderation coming into podcast. If some, if, if, if someone wants to contact my company and said that a 
first name, last name. I don't even want to make up a name anymore because I'm going to offend somebody with that name. First name, last name said they're going to kill somebody on a show. I'll take it. I'll, I'll pay attention to that. Or if they say right. something that breaks my terms of service, I'll pay attention to that and we will go investigate independently. But I am not going out and seeking content because guess what? As soon as I start adding moderation to my platform, which I'm not going to do, by the way, I lose all protection. That is another good point. Uh, I think you do. I right. do. I lose all protection. Okay. Okay. Here's a couple more quotes. It says podcast streaming platforms can also use these ratings to moderate content on their platforms mm, interesting. and promote highly trustworthy news and information podcasts in user searches and curated sections. So it's already being used right. for this purpose, just like what we were talking about. It's not just advertising. So, so you have to have an absolute G show. You can't have an opinion. You well, have, if you do, you're going to not either get, you're not going to get featured, promoted, <laughs> or you're not going to get as much advertising. Rob, and it's going to be advertisers from specific advertisers that are only looking for that extreme view. If you'd have told me 10 years, we were going to be having this conversation today and I said, you're absolutely insane. My head hurts. And to add another, yeah, and to add another layer here, it says NewsGuard's global team of misinformation experts. Oh, vetted by vetted rated, by who? Okay, we'll have rated the top 200 news podcasts on the largest streaming platforms by January of 2024. Hmm. These podcasts comprise the bulk of overall news and information podcast listenership and present valuable audiences for brands to reach. So the top 200 shows are going to be content moderated and rated for misinformation coming up by January of 2024. Be careful what you wish for. Six, seven months from now. Yeah. So my tech show, can we include in that news listing? Well, the top 200 shows, um, um, news shows. Well, I have a news show, Geek News. I don't know. Do all, what I want to know is do all 200 of these shows know that they're, this is happening to them? I think if I was one of the, if I think if I knew my show was in the top 200 news category, I'd be go asking my, uh, provider that I'm working with, are you spying and you, are you indexing my content and putting a, 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 a rating by this outfit on my podcast? Yeah. That's what I would do. I'd be asking that question. Yeah. And if, if, if you are, and then you have no relationship with these folks. I would ask, I would demand them to cease doing that. I would take legal action. Okay. It also says that consumers can subscribe to this service too. It says here by, by purchasing a subscription to NewsGuard, which costs $4 and 95 cents a month. 
includes access to NewsGuard's browser extension for Chrome, Safari, and Firefox, and its mobile application to um, to rate content for consumers. Hmm. That's another aspect of this that's coming that maybe isn't generally known. So your listeners are going to get access to it too. Right. Potentially, but they're going to have to pay for it. Which isn't, I hadn't thought about that angle before. I, I want, uh, those of you listening to this show, does it scare, scare you? Are you concerned or is it, hey, this is just business as normal. This is what we're doing, Dodd. This is what we come to. We're, we're, we're all in. We're paying for these services. Uh, you know, what, what say you? I don't know that the industry decided that we were going down this path. I mean, who, who decided this? Someone came in with a product and says, we're here to, we're here to help. We're like mm-hmm. the government. We're here to help. And uh, we have a solution yeah. for you. Yeah, because you have, much- a, you have a problem. Too much misinformation in podcasts. You, you have a problem. You have a yeah. problem out here. Look at these five shows we found on your platform. Look at what they're doing. They're causing you problems. You're, you're going to get, you're going to have an issue. You're not going to get the advertisers. So, you know, you need to, you, you need know. to go out, you go out, go out there and uh, clean this up. We're going to help you clean right. it up for the low cost of a million dollars a year. Yeah. I'm sure it's costing these the streaming podcasting platforms. I, I can't Which bite is, it. You know, if interesting. You, you make it, I, I want to see the list of the companies that are actually employing this company. That's what I want to see. Then, then I want the podcasters that are participating in this, maybe involuntarily make a decision whether or not maybe they want to stop their relationship with these folks. Will they have the guts to do it? Well, it also says in 2022, NewsGuard began rating television news and information programs and networks using criteria similar to those used to score websites, but adapted for the video medium. So they're they're doing this already for television and OTT news programming. Over the top, that stuff that's like on your Roku and Fire Stick and stuff like that. But does that, um, you know, I mean, there's rumble on there. I'm sure they're not adapt, you know, adopting this technology. Or are they scanning it and saying, hey, these 10 shows over there are horrible. You know, therein lies the challenge. Right. Yeah. Utilization by intimidation. Yeah, I was just surprised to see in their press release that there were already three major streaming podcasting platforms that are already signed on the dotted line for this. Hmm. Well, those, those streaming platforms haven't announced this publicly, have they? No. Is there something to hide here?
Well, it's an interesting question. Yes, it is. And of course, no one's going to answer that. And that's why weren't these companies that they're working with publicly named? Because they were told by the companies that they're contracting them, don't say our name. Right. Don't put us in your press release. If this was something good, something good for the community, good for podcasters, those groups would have been said, yes, please name us. They didn't, well, get they didn't name those those shows. Well, they named the shows, but the shows may have gotten named involuntarily. If I had gotten a red, though, I might be contacting my lawyer. Yeah. Seriously, if someone came and said this show got scanned and is unsafe and publicly said we got a red rating because of some, some percepted ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd stand for that. I didn't see any. Okay. Here's the website is at uh, newsguardtech.com. So if you have an interest in taking a, a little no. visit to their website, nope. to learn, not going to get many traffic just to learn about them. Oh, need to start speaking up. You all need to start carrying the torch here a little bit. We're giving you information for you to make an educated decision on or go find like information that you want. And you need to start bringing this up on social and your inner circles talking about whether this is good for us or not. NewsGuard is based in New York City, and their tagline is the Internet Trust Tool. Uh -huh. How about the, I won't say it. In my opinion, uh, okay. Yeah. Again, I go, I go back to my comment that I said earlier. Is this re, is this being, if this is done being done by a bunch of individuals and no bots, then hmm, how do you, how do you remove biases from individuals? I think it might be helpful to go look at who their board of directors are and who's funding this and. Sounds like they're being very successful. They've already applied it against TV. Podcasting was the next market. But why news? Was it just because news is the most controversial? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Oh. It tends to be more political. It tends to be more um, but, journalistic, but, right? But when does it get down into the home garden show? Uh, very easily. Yeah, when's he go into a a you know dog training show or a, a financial advice show or um you know iOS show or a you know self help show? When does when does it get in there? We and he start doing this to those types of shows. I'm a little I'm a little cynical today, just a itty bitty little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at who's on the board of directors of the organization and where they come from. 
Um, I was well, just trying to trying to make sure that they have a balanced representation. I don't know that they do. But. <sighs> so where where we go next, Rob? <laughs> I don't know. Where, where do you go after that? It it just makes me exhausted. And 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 I, again, I've seen some of these systems, and you know, out of curiosity, I just I you know I. I look, I've looked at, well, I think now three and just because of my curiosity level and what I see, I don't, I don't, I don't care for. Right. And I'm, and I'll give credit. One of the platforms said, well, we can back the logarithm off. <laughs> you know, we can, we can back things off. So it's not as strict, but Okay. Then, then it's affected by Todd's bias. So, I'm for sure not the one to just set any line on anything. So, I did find a a little brief description of a white paper case study that they have on the website. It says how we operationalize our misinformation fingerprints using AI tools. Oh. So it says NewsGuard uh, partnered with Blackbird.ai, an artificial intelligence company that monitors online discourse around harmful narratives to test how NewsGuard's fingerprints could be paired with AI to detect misinformation at scale across the web. The test surfaced a wide range of instances of both hoaxes or Twitter or hoaxes on Twitter, YouTube, and the open web, including large pages and accounts that had not been flagged by social media companies, fact checkers. Here's here's my issue. If you even said the word or the phrase, the Rona came from Wuhan, from an institute whose name had the word coronavirus in it you if you even mentioned mm-hmm. that you that was the origin point guess what happened to you you were delisted you're called a crackpot called all kinds of crazy things and yet the narrative changes 18 months later where oh Oh, well, maybe. Well, probably. So here's another um, quote off the website, too. How the State Department and U.S. Cyber Command uses misinformation fingerprints to track state-sponsored disinformation. So there's a reference in here to the, to a, a, a joint U.S. State Department and U.S. Department of Defense program seeking solutions that would help the agencies evaluate disinformation narratives, themes in near real time. So they can send uh, takedown notices to Twitter because it fit, it didn't fit their story. Yeah, see, I'm just going to get pissed off here. I'm not saying this company did that, by the way. 
just where well, this- no this is on their this is on their website so they NewsGuard won a contest from the National Security Innovation Network, a joint U.S. State Department and U.S. Department of Defense program seeking solutions to evaluate disinformation narratives and themes in real time. Well, online again. So that's that's who we're working with here. Stuff that can be considered disinformation today can be proved to be true tomorrow. And this is where I go back. You should be allowed to say what you're going to say. And you make your own personal educated judgment whether or not you want to buy into it. When did we have to have this big brother oversight control? Well, I guess when people say things that. But the thing is. Big organizations don't like to hear said. Well. Right. And if you're big streaming platform and you don't want that content on there please start killing a lot of it yeah. and then those that have been kicked off your system will live another day because they have an open rss feed and they will mm-hmm. be able to continue to say and discuss what they so choose according to their freedom of speech right They do have a page on their website that talks about in detail the the ratings categories for podcasts. It's on their their website right now. So it gets into much deeper detail. Well on what they're doing here. And they're not the only ones doing analysis on podcast content. I'm just saying that. No. Right. A lot more. But and I know there's, and I know there like are pretty big, and I know right. there are networks that are buying into services like this that do this for them as well. Big podcast networks are doing this against content in their networks today. And I can only imagine the internal discussions that are going on where the memo comes down from brand safety telling such and such producer you need to be quiet on this or you need to stop talking about this or you need to rephrase this. You can't say this anymore. You can't say this word. You can't talk about this company. You can't talk about this topic. I am sure that is happening today. Yeah. So I don't know what the takeaway from this, Todd, is that it's... Content moderation is coming to podcasting is what it shows me. And we've been claiming it to be uh, the last bastion of free speech, but maybe the only days are numbered. Oh, no, 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 they're not. The only reason it will remain from the proprietary platforms. Right. Right. For those that have an RSS feed where there are no gatekeepers. You might be censored or shut up on a, and you might lose advertising dollars, but you'll still have the right to say what you want to say as long as you control your RSS feed. Well, yeah. Let's hope that remains the case. So, But I would imagine a lot of these folks that are with these big networks are just talent. They don't own the shows. Right. So they have to, they have to toe the line when the program manager comes down and said, hey, 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 hey. 
You're hurting the advertising dollars by talking about X, Y, or Z. Hmm. Here's a NewsGuard investors. That's an interesting list. Hmm. Hmm. So they're, you know, if they've, if they've got the three biggest podcast streaming platforms on there, you know, they've, they're doing very well. Right. And if they're doing TV and they start with TV, that's a whole different level of money. Almost more money in censorship and monitoring than there is in uh, content creation. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. I was going to look up the number one investor in NewsGuard. Let's see if I can find this person. Again, you know, people people will invest in a lot of things to make money. So I, I, I don't ever blame people are investing money. Right. No, but it does point to priorities, right? But again, Rob, this is one of many companies that are doing this kind of thing. This is not. No, it's big. It's big business now. Yeah. Content moderation is, is big business. And I hope it's not content moderation. I hope it's more content analysis. And then those that are being, that are tied into that. Well, once the, once the data is gathered, it can be used for lots of different purposes, right? Well, it can be, you know, it could force someone to change the tone of their show. If they want to grow their revenue, you know, a new strategy is going to be take out anything controversial out of your show. Why this show would be left with about five minutes of content. Well, we normally don't go into areas like this, so (laughs) this isn't normal for us, but I do think that the industry needs to be aware of what's happening. Yeah. They have to, leadership, it's the podcasters that may not know people that are running companies are getting inundated with these companies saying, Hey, we can, we can help you for a problem. We think you have already. I, I, I look think at it's my, interesting. Yeah. I'll look, go, go I'll look at my inbox. Most of the stuff I delete, I don't even respond to. Yeah, I'm looking at a list of investors in the company, mm-hmm. um, and it lists looks like twenty, uh, twenty six investors. I, I can't. A lot of them are individuals. They don't list any affiliations with mm-hmm. anything. To know, you know what they have. So you would have to look up the person's name because there's no links to any information on any of them. So one thing's for sure, Rob, we've annoyed a few listeners talking about AI. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Um, So it's, but it's not my, it's not our job here to, you know, to placate everybody. Right. Um, you know, this is being publicly done. It it was announced and listed in Pod News. Yep, just a couple of days ago. So I think it's fair game to talk about it. Sure, James, 
thought it was an important thing to cover. Yeah, but did he express an opinion? Uh, I don't think so. I think he just reported on it. He did. Yeah. I guess if you're trying, if you're trying to stay neutral, that's what you do. You report it and you don't give an opinion, but you know, he's, he hasn't been shy to give an opinion on other things. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, from what I can tell from his post was pretty, it wasn't even a post that would even probably raise any kind of alarm either. Don't eat me, James Cridland. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot of people that didn't really pay attention to it. Well, it was enough for me to make a comment, you know. I I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it too. That was just one of those who go, hmm. Yeah, again, my main question was, was it human or was it AI that was doing this this judgment? Because most of the systems I've seen so far are using some sort of AI technology. And I'm just going to call it analysis technology. <laughs> so wow. I don't want to use the word AI, analysis technology. Just about anything now that has any kind of an algorithm running on it, people are throwing the term AI on it. So, but just, you know, and I think Dave Jones made a good comment on, uh, the podcasting 2.0 show, people need to continue to remember this is a language model. And the language model is just that. It's, we can't be bringing too much, you know, it, it has the ability to manipulate language and write things. So please, um, when it comes to analysis, it is a language nice. model. And based on what I've seen, it it doesn't paint the picture from two sides. It doesn't, it's not unbiased is what I'm saying. The key, I don't want to even get into that, but I, I, you know, I think the key here is, is to understand that it's, yeah, well, I don't, I, I'm not writing anything in it that is politically charged, you know, so it's not like it's. No, no, it's, it's the output that comes out of it because I've seen it. You know, you know, you ask it a like a question about you know media sources that you can trust, and oh. it'll output it'll output that only trust reliable sources, mainstream sources, government right, website right, right. sources. I'm not using it. I'm not asking it those kinds of questions because it's a language model. Okay, right, so it's it's it's, spit it's out what it knows. It it's right. not making an opinion it's giving you a list of what's in its yet so here you know it's it's a I'm, i don't ask it ever ask it raw questions i'm i don't use it that way i feed it mm-hmm. something anyway so it we'll, analyzes we'll, that, we'll, right? we'll, we'll stop we don't need to go into that anymore today <laughs> that's enough i think we've we've kind of upset some listeners because we spent too much time on too it, much yeah. time on it yeah yeah so i hope you enjoyed the change of pace today. Did, did we give you something to think about? Yeah. One thing is for sure. We can never be said that we're not in favor of open RSS. No, that would be a mischaracterization of both of us. <laughs> That's right. And I think we can both believe that advertising can equal censorship. <laughs> Self-censorship. Well, it's looking like it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So and the, 
you know, the, the industry just needs to be aware that these technologies are rapidly being deployed in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't think most people realize it. And again, it's not deep. It's at the top level currently. Mm-hmm. So, because this isn't necessarily inexpensive, especially if these are, if they're using part human, part AI, that's a very expensive task to go in and, and the thing is a, a, a show's rating could change from episode to episode. You know, that's the thing too. How are they going to, how are they going to rank? Is it, it's at the show level now. Yeah, but YouTube's doing it. Well, Facebook's they're doing, doing yeah, it. they're doing it at the episode level. There's no reason why these guys couldn't do it too. Yeah. On certain large, large funded platforms, it you know it's it to me. Uh, uh, again, I, I, I'm in the I'm in the business of letting podcasters have a voice, saying what's on their mind, allowing them to express freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't violate my terms, where you say you're going to go and hurt or kill someone, uh, you know pretty rare for me to kick somebody off the platform. Very, very rare. I kick a lot of scammers off the platform. Had quite a bit of that fight in that battle recently. Just, you know, knuckleheads creating accounts and trying to do stupid things. So everyone's always, you know, always wishing to push an angle. So I just did a episode of my trust factor podcast just prior to this show. And I was talking about, you know, uh, trusting sources of information. Where can you, I mean, how should you look at sources of information and what sources and how should you evaluate that? Um, well, you definitely don't listen to, to the mainstream media. Exactly. But go to TikTok. Think, <laughs> right. <laughs> and watch the video clips of the real thing that happened in, that was reported in that news. <laughs> Because someone's got a I camera that, out instead of helping these days. I'm just yeah. I think here. you know. I think more independent sources uh, tend to be a little more trustworthy. Some, but some, they haven't had the logarithm run. They haven't had the logarithm run against them yet, Rob. <laughs> right. They won't be independent uh, sources for much longer, right? If the algorithm runs out, right. You know, it's today I look at everything with uh, a discerning eye. I try to. to. Yeah. I think all of us have, and this is what I talked about on the, on the other show I did is I think all of us are in a world now where we just can't trust really much of anything. I mean, and, and as individuals, how do we build that trust in others, right? right? That they can trust us. Right. And how do we, put ourselves in the world in a way that people can trust. Right? I think actions can, can people listening to this show, can they trust what we say? Um, I think actions speak louder than words. That's a saying that's right. been around since the beginning of time. Right. At least since I was a little kid and I've been on the planet, a few rotations around the sun, actions speak louder than words. And I think people's actions and what right. they do and pretty much everything you do today is can be pretty much easily seen. We live online. I think these uh, and the actions and the things you do as a company um, and the principles you follow are very, very important. Yeah. 
and thus that's the reason I'm doing that show on trust is, yeah. is, is that I think that's, that's something that all of us as podcasters need to think about, um, is how do we build that trust with the audience? Be genuine. Right. You can be a, a genuine listen crackpot to too. Be able to, <laughs> be able to listen and have a little bit of a thick skin about what other yeah. people say. Listen to other people's right. opinion not be oh, that's, hurt by it. That's gone. That's gone. Well, but it, it, let's, let's encourage people to, to bring it back. It's, yeah. it's very, very, everyone has been taught just dissent, just dissent and, and wage war. Yeah. It's like my way, screw you, you know, right, that's, right, right. that's not the way to go about building trust in others in your life. But, but Rob, we don't know anything here. We're... Well, I don't know everything. I'm freely. <laughs> well, me too. I'll freely admit to that. But I do. I've been on the planet a long time. I've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, I can give you my opinion. I'm not out here to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to give you know perspective. And but our opinions people... can be considered hostile. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, some things can be if it's different than what you you as the other person agree with right? in the, in the you, you end, can take it that way, but you don't have to take it that way. That's in, your choice to take it that way. Yep. And in the end, I'm a content creator and I support content creators and right. I'm a pretty, I think just long as we'll say it again, we are very strong advocates of freedom of speech, no matter where you live in the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just, you know, I just did a presentation. I'll be presented next week in Dubai. It's a virtual presentation at a, a podcast that's out there. Didn't get much time talking about innovation and podcasting. And I tried to put back into that, even that little 15 minutes I had to talk about, remember podcasting's open. It's not controlled by gatekeepers. You know, podcasting is more than Spotify and because that's what they need to hear there because Spotify is dominating the the message and um yeah. right so yeah, i think that's great and innovation in expanding the space and what we're doing so as i promised i would do this year this is what i'm spending my time talking about people it's what we're doing mm -hmm. in this open podcasting space with no gatekeepers right. <laughs> right. well the, there are gatekeepers out there mm -hmm. I think we, we have to acknowledge that and you know i it's okay that they're out there sure. to some degree. I mean, I, I, they have a right to be there as well as we have a right to be yep. here expressing our concern. That's so, right. Right. It's not that we're at war with them. We just have a different opinion. Right. You can be involved with them or not. You can accept it or not. And that's the way it should be. Right. I don't know that that's the way, you know, if you look at like a platform like this NewsGuard thing, I think they, they're a, platform that proponents taking sides and that's unfortunate but maybe that's a misrepresentation i would of what think doing. i would think that they're trying to give someone an informed opinion that's probably well let's yeah let's okay i'll back up and say maybe i was wrong to pass that judgment um just say that they're wanting to figure out where the lines are but i don't um, want to right I don't want to figure out where the lines are. I want people to have the freedom to choose what they want to listen to and hope advertisers get a little thicker skin. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. 
we are we are done for the day. The next show will be coming to you if, as live as we can be if the bandwidth holds up. Um, and I will be uh, I will be twenty fourth, right? The twenty fourth. Yep, two weeks from today. And hopefully uh, we'll have on a representative of, of all the content at the podcast show. That'd be awesome. In, in London, uh, live, um, to, after the first day event there. Get so. a recap of what's going on at the show. Yep. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. I'm Todd at blueberry.com. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. No ease because we couldn't afford the ease at geek news on Twitter. Uh, and I can be found on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee. And, uh, you can send me an email if you want, rob, uh, dot greenly at gmail.com. We got to get uh, you on the, from you. we got to get you on the metaverse too, Rob. I'm, uh, at geek news at geek news dot chat on, on the meta. So, oh, yeah. uh, or okay. to, at Todd at blueberry dot chat on the meta as well. So two different locations. Oh, yeah. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So, so. All, right. all right, everybody. We'll see you next Probably time. Some new platform. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's, hey, it's, uh, you know, Mastodon. It is. So, right. All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Okay. See you next time. Bye-bye. Yep.